I'm Cecilia Lay, and this is Fifth Emission. If you spend any time in San Francisco, it's likely become a common experience to see someone on the street struggling with severe mental illnesses like debilitating psychosis. How to manage someone like that is a thorny problem. Do we force them into care, or would that violate their civil rights? One year ago, Governor Gavin Newsom unveiled a plan that would tackle that question. How do we get help to people who are too sick to understand they need it? In an interview with Chronicle columnist Heather Knight to present the plan, Newsom pointed to the suffering on the streets of San Francisco as a motivator for the bill. It ended up passing in August. The law is called the CARE Act, and it requires counties in the state to establish care courts that will mandate comprehensive treatment to those suffering from mental health crises and obligate people to accept that care. If care court sounds a bit like conservatorship, that's the controversial court order that places someone's financial affairs and health care into the hands of another person. It's not quite that. But the law could be a pathway towards it if care court doesn't work out for someone. Today on Fifth Emission, Chronicle reporters Mallory Mensch and Sophia Bolag join me to talk about how care court will function in the state. San Francisco will be one of the inaugural counties to start using care court. That will be in October just seven months away. Will the city be ready when it already struggles to provide comprehensive treatment? And why is the law a glimmer of hope for many family members with loved ones who desperately need help? Before the CARE Act was announced or passed, I'd given up hope. I thought, my sister's going to die in the street. There's nothing we can do. That's Bay Area resident Shannon Miller, whose sister has been suffering with mental illness for more than a decade. You'll hear more from her later, but first, my conversation with Chronicle reporters Mallory Mensch and Sophia Bolag. Mallory, let's start with you. How does Care Court work, and how does it compare to conservatorship, which we've heard a lot about and is pretty controversial? So Care Court is a new system that was mandated under state law, and it will require counties to establish a court system where family members and medical professionals, social workers, or even the participant themselves could refer themselves to the program. And then the county and the court would investigate and assess whether this person met the criteria. It needs to be someone who has an untreated psychiatric disorder or schizophrenia and is maybe unlikely to survive on their own or maybe likely to hurt themselves or someone else. And once they see if someone meets that criteria, then a judge will work with the different agencies in the county to create a court-ordered care plan that will include probably treatment, housing, whatever that person needs. And then they will also hold the counties responsible and accountable for providing those services. The judge can fine the counties uh, up to $1,000 a day for not doing that. It is less restrictive than conservatorship, which is very controversial, very complicated, in that while the judge can order, say, medication for someone to take for a psychiatric disorder, they can't forcibly give it to them and they can't put them in a locked psychiatric facility, which you could do if someone was under conservatorship. But that being said, if someone fails in care court and they're not complying with their plan or it's not working out, they could still face conservatorship. Now, Sophia, care court is a state law that was first proposed by Governor Newsom, and it was passed by the state legislature last year. Tell me more about the law's origins. Like you said, Newsom was the one who first proposed this idea, working alongside lawmakers. He really 
championed this bill and became kind of the face of this proposal. In the legislature, the bill received almost unanimous support. There were only two votes against it. Both Republicans and Democrats spoke passionately in support of it. And so it was a rare example of really, really strong bipartisan support. The Newsom administration agreed to target some specific funding toward Care Court. That was in response to concerns from local governments that there wouldn't be enough money to really effectively implement this new program. It will take effect in essentially two waves. One is that a group of counties, including San Francisco, will implement the program toward the end of this year. And then the rest of the counties in California will implement the program by the end of 2024. Mallory, this law didn't pass without controversy. Tell me more about the pushback uh, that it saw as it made its way through the state legislature. It definitely did see some pushback, and it is still seeing it. This conversation about how to get help for people who are severely mentally ill and whether it's ever appropriate to mandate that care is obviously a very difficult and controversial one. And Care Court is now facing a lawsuit from a coalition of groups, uh, disability rights advocates. They argue that this whole process is, even though maybe not forcing someone to go into a locked facility, it's violating their civil rights. It takes away their decision to choose where they live, what kind of medical care they receive. And they say that this is being done without adequately providing those voluntary services. So opponents you know, say that the government is always saying what they think is best for people with mental illness or with disabilities. Uh, they're also concerned about some of the disproportionate impact on people of color, um, which we see throughout the criminal justice and also the healthcare system. I was looking at recent data of people who are involuntarily hospitalized in San Francisco, disproportionately um, Black people compared to their population in the city. And they think that putting this in a court um, is traumatizing and criminalizing to people with mental illness. Now, Sophia, you've been reporting on care court closely since it was first introduced by Newsom. And the law would address the needs of hundreds of unhoused people in San Francisco. But early critics did point out that in order for it to be successful, there would also need to be an adequate housing supply in each county so that this doesn't just become a revolving door. Does Care Court also ensure that people don't cycle back onto the streets? That's certainly the intent, but I think there's a lot of skepticism even among people who really support the concept of care court, that this law really will be effective because, as you note, the efficacy of, of actually you know getting people in this very vulnerable population off the streets is really going to depend on there being a supportive housing option available to them, which is a real challenge in California with its huge housing shortage. The Newsom administration officials who are in charge of implementing care court and ensuring that it works say they're confident that it will and that it will be an effective way to get people off the streets. Uh, they point to money that was put into the state budget specifically for care court implementation, but also billions of dollars that have been put toward housing and homelessness efforts in past years to really increase the supply of housing for very low-income people. Project Home Key, the Newsom administration 
project that's really become the sort of central piece of the Newsom administration's homelessness strategy. That is one, one program that in theory could work in conjunction with Care Court to sort of provide housing for people in this population. So there's certainly funding available from the state, but I think whether it is enough is really an open question. And, and like I said, there's there's a lot of skepticism, even from people who who support the concept that it, it really will work given the state's really massive housing shortage. Mm-hmm. Well, Mallory, this all brings up a really good question and brings San Francisco into focus. Is the city ready to take this on? It's among the first counties in the state to start care court on October 1st. How many people could care court potentially treat and what resources are needed for this kind of undertaking? Well, as Sophia said, there are a lot of skeptics and there seem to be a lot of them in San Francisco because the city has traditionally struggled with providing that housing and treatment and case management to really help people get through the care system. But the health department estimates that the city could enroll 300 to 400 people in the first year of the program out of more than 1,000 people who might be eligible. And uh, another report that just came out on Monday uh, said that around 766 San Franciscans could be eligible. And they looked at some more data about this population, which found a vast majority, 83% were homeless. Um, Three out of four people had a diagnosis for meth use or or another stimulant use disorder, Um, but only a quarter of them had an intensive case manager. So it shows how there are so many gaps in services already for this population, which is perhaps part of why they might be eligible for care court. But most of the people that I spoke with, the experts and researchers who wrote this policy brief, they said there's just not enough permanent supportive housing. So there's a lot of concern and criticism that uh, there isn't one enough funding specifically from the state for this, but also just the resources already in the city. San Francisco officials, they have an interesting perspective. They say, well, you know, we were already planning for this population. This isn't a complete surprise. But of course, they want more money from the state now that it's a mandated program. But they estimate that this is going to be very expensive, uh, $51 million for the first year of the program. Most of that, more than $30 million, is for housing alone. So housing is really the most critical thing. Uh, some other challenges are recruitment and hiring. It takes a really long time to hire in the city. So I'm not quite sure how they're going to hire people um, in the next seven months for this program. Right now, they're using existing staff uh, to plan for it. More with Chronicle reporters Sophia Bolag and Mallory Mensch after a quick break. What does Care Court mean for family members who have felt helpless watching their loved ones suffer from mental illness on the streets? We'll hear from one Bay Area resident. We'll be right back. Did you know the number one way people discover new podcasts is word of mouth from their friends? So if you enjoy Fifth Emission, we'd love it if you tell someone about our show, even if it's just one person. Thanks for helping us make new friends. California passed the CARE Act last year, which establishes mandated treatment to some people suffering from mental health illnesses. Bay Area resident Shannon Miller, who you heard from earlier, thinks it's a good idea. Her sister is mentally ill. Let's listen to their family's story. My name is Shannon Miller. I live in Menlo Park. I have a twin sister named Corey who has been severely mentally ill for the past 15 years. We thought that she had developed a drinking problem, 
She was very good at hiding her mental illness for a while, except for her husband. He said that she started talking gibberish. She would just get ridiculously upset that he couldn't understand her. She was paranoid. And as time went on, she got worse and worse, but she was still good at hiding it from me, at least, because I was in California. We got the diagnosis bipolar one with psychotic features. And Arizona mandated that she take medication for a year. She was a completely different person. In fact, she had even asked me why we didn't force her to get help sooner. The minute she wasn't mandated, she stopped taking the medication. It's been 10 years now, and she's lived most of that time on the street, and there is no rock bottom. Like, my sister now, she has almost no teeth. She's almost unrecognizable. She does not believe that she's mentally ill. I know the CARE Act is controversial to some, but for people in my situation and my sister's situation, it is the first blessing that we've had in a very long time. So this is a woman who thinks it's better to live on the street. She's been assaulted. She's been arrested. She's been robbed. And this is so much better in her eyes than psychiatric care. The day that a petition is available, I would file that petition. And my family would 100% support it. That was Bay Area resident Shannon Miller. She wrote an article about her sister's mental health crisis and the CARE Act. You can find it at sfchronicle.com slash opinion. Sophia, before the break, we talked about why implementing CARE Court in counties like San Francisco may be challenging. But as we just heard, some family members like Shannon Miller, who have had loved ones cycling in and out of jails, treatment facilities, and hospitals, why do they think this law makes a difference? So I think the hope for a lot of these families that I've talked to who have loved ones who suffer from severe mental illness is that this would provide an avenue other than jail or a very restrictive conservatorship to get people who really need help into treatment. The story that I hear a lot from families is that people will, as you alluded to, go through this what's often described as a revolving door of being sick enough that they are taken to the hospital, but not so mentally ill that they qualify for being placed under a conservatorship where essentially their autonomy is taken away. And so they are stabilized and then released from the hospital. And there isn't really any follow-up for them. And they end up back out on the streets and have another episode that lands them back in the emergency room where essentially the same thing happens. Another sort of part of this revolving door is often jail. Sometimes people will be arrested for doing something that is prompted by their psychosis or the voices that they're hearing in their heads. And then they might get care in jail. But then when they leave jail, they don't necessarily have the sort of follow-through programs that would really help them stabilize long-term. So one woman that I've spoken to, her name is Christine Hopper. 
I first talked to her the day that the care court bill passed the legislature. Um, She called me from jail. I had spoken with her mother, so that was sort of how I was connected with her. And she told me at the time that she really wishes that there had been an opportunity for her to get treatment before going to jail. She really regrets that there wasn't an option for her that could have gotten her the treatment that she needed before having to go to jail. And so that's essentially what care court is supposed to be. And I think it remains to be seen whether it will really work as intended, but the intention is is to provide a new avenue for people to get into treatment. And Mallory, despite the skepticism that exists across the board in, in San Francisco, there are some people that think that care court could be beneficial in other ways. Tell me more about that. That's true. So I did speak with the former chief of psychiatry at San Francisco General Hospital, and he thought the program could be effective. And this view was shared by another family who has a son who could have been eligible for care court as well. Um, And they said it will bring together all the different agencies, all the different players in this currently disjointed mental health system in San Francisco that Sophia was describing where you're just going in and out of the hospital and there's not really effective follow-up care. So this will be bringing them together. It will be focusing all the attention on this individual's case, finding out what they need, and then really holding the counties responsible to provide it. This doctor also uh, discussed how even though the medication and things like that are not forced, but there is something about hearing a judge saying it said what's called a black robes phenomenon where the person would probably be more likely to be persuaded, not necessarily forced, but persuaded to take medication or to participate in a program than if just someone on the street telling them about that. And he pointed to a similar law in New York State, pretty similar to care court and Some of the research um, that's been done um, shows that it has improved in some measurable ways the lives of the people who participate in it. Well, a question to both of you, because Governor Newsom was sort of informed by San Francisco's mental health crisis and issues as he was proposing the care court idea, how is San Francisco going to be sort of tested? I mean, it's one of the first counties to try out care court. Will San Francisco be watched very closely and be this sort of litmus test for other counties across the state? So I think it's very likely that it will be seen as a litmus test because it's one of the counties in this first cohort. It's not the only county that's that's implementing the law this year. Uh, Los Angeles County has also signed on to ramp up its program toward the end of the year, and that's obviously a, another very large county. So I think It's not like all the pressure is on San Francisco, but I think there is a significant amount on San Francisco just because of its size and because of its very visible homeless population. Homelessness has been an issue in San Francisco for so long. I think that what the city and county do to address the problem with care court will be watched very closely. I absolutely agree that it will be probably very watched and very scrutinized. um, And there will be uh, a high bar to see results on the streets. Although I think everyone acknowledges that it might not be a huge dent or super visible. I mean, obviously, not everyone who's homeless in San Francisco is severely mentally ill. And there's, you know, other approaches that and and more housing in general that needs to be built for people and and other kinds of support that are needed. But, you know, as the doctor I spoke with, who is cautiously supportive, optimistic of the program. He said, you know, even if they can help 
50% of the people who are eligible, it will have a purpose and an impact for them. There is a real interest among some lawmakers and among some local officials to alter the state's conservatorship laws. Right now, the bar is very high for getting those people into a conservatorship, which, as I said, is a very a very serious thing. It, it takes away someone's autonomy. So it is. I don't think anyone is suggesting that it should be entered into lightly. But there is some interest in making it a little bit easier for some people to be placed into conservatorships as a way of addressing the really severe mental health crisis that we see play out on California streets. It's failed in the past because there is so much concern over whether that would really unfairly take away people's civil liberties. But it's definitely an area where people in the legislature really care about finding a solution. And I think it's a matter of whether there is a a proposal this year that ends up garnering the kind of support that we saw for Care Court. I think that still remains to be seen. Mallory Mensch covers San Francisco City Hall, and Sophia Bolag covers state politics for The Chronicle. Find Mallory's story about care courts online at sfchronicle.com and The Chronicle app. You can also find Sophia's politics coverage there. This episode was edited by Francesca Fenzi and King Kaufman with production assistance from Sarah Feldberg. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 